welcome to this episode of Safe Home for struggling teens and their families finding their healing path. I am Joy, a teen recovering from substance use, suicidal ideation, depression, and anxiety. And I'm Joy's mom, Beth, and I am walking beside him as he works hard for his recovery while I work hard on my own personal growth and healing. We have created this podcast to transform the pain we've endured over the last several years into helping other troubled teens and their loved ones. We want to share what we've learned, what we've seen, what has worked and what hasn't. We are not experts in anything except our own stories, and we encourage you to seek out professional help if you're struggling. We have a list of resources in the description. Please note that this episode contains some swear words, descriptions of drug use, and mentions of suicide attempts and may not be appropriate for sensitive listeners or younger children. We want to make sure everyone knows that this podcast is not glorifying or endorsing illegal activity or substance use. This podcast is for educational, prevention, mitigation, and harm reduction purposes. Well, today's episode, we're going to be talking about alcohol. And I told everybody in the introduction episode that I have never been drunk in my life because um of such bad experiences I had with alcoholics in our house when I was a kid. So this is going to be an interesting one for me to learn. But I'm imagining that kids still, like they did when I was a kid, are still partying with alcohol. Is that is that common nowadays in high school, Joey? Yes, uh, very much so. Um, Every party you're going to find, well, high school party, you're going to find alcohol and other drugs, mainly alcohol, because like you see like the um jocks i would say like quote unquote jocks or like the ones partying the cool kids Mm -hmm. so but they wouldn't touch like lsd or like hard drugs they they don't mind alcohol alcohol is like the baseline like okay substance it seems lighter than the rest but it's it's not it's not but it's that's what they perceive because it's so it's legal one well for 21 years yeah and it's it's so socially acceptable like it's it, yeah. not really but like it's it's everywhere it's in every everywhere. tv show commercial you know you just went to a dodgers game and there's beer everywhere oh yeah and they just sell it and it's it's fine it's like no one really shames anyone Mm-mm. for drinking alcohol more the opposite <laughs> yeah someone like me i get teased for not drinking sometimes yeah it's like what like when you told me like earlier today was it that um you didn't even you've never gotten drunk i was like what how (laughs) like it's it's confusing to some people that are in that in this society that a lot of people drink Mm -hmm. and i i can't understand i can't understand it but then it also confuses me like Mm -hmm. how are people getting drunk and it's socially accepted like how i don't don't get it it's a very strange thing in our culture and it's um drinking is so dangerous and um creates such havoc and uh it can i know there are lots of people that can responsibly drink and are like connoisseurs and uh you know fine but in general alcohol i think is uh caused more problems than it's helped anybody right well yeah i think in my little circle of like where i grew up and stuff the alcohol consumption is like to abusive point. Mm. Oh, not just with you, but with uh, all of your circle. Yeah, the whole circle is just drink to get fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like really, like the whole thing. It, like when I was drinking, was who can get blacked wow. and black, blacked out, blacked out, drunk, and that isn't safe. Because now, what does that mean when you're blacked out? I I always thought that that was meant like you were like past, unconscious. Uh, unconscious. No, no, no. Blacked out is when your vision gets literally blacked out, but your consciousness is still going. Like you're essentially in the, I don't know how to explain it. It's like you, before you black out completely, it's like tunnel vision. Mm. Like what tunnel vision real, like you put like this, uh-huh. like you put your uh, hands over your eyes in like a uh, like cylinder uh-huh. and then you look through them. Uh-huh. That's what that's what it, looks like that's right what it feels like, and then right before once you drink that last little bit before you black it closes, and then but you're still awake and you're not. You it's essentially like you're in this void. You have no recollection of what you're doing the next day, but you your body was doing something. Wow, your subconscious was taking complete control. So how many times did you wake up somewhere 
that you didn't know where you were every time i got drunk usually whoa yeah so uh the worst time i woke up in like a gutter like oh my like God. literally i i was like my the whole time you remember i said i want to die and i just want to end up in a gutter yep. I, I like literally end up ended up in a gutter one Your time dream came true yeah and I, that wasn't even the lowest low for me mm. like it was like oh okay i woke I up i guess this is what gutter yeah I guess this is what a gutter feels like yeah <laughs> wow it, it was it was really strange it's really it's like a twilight kind of like twilight zone kind of feeling like how did i get here yeah and you have no idea like did you ever end up in someone else's house or something oh yeah no no i've I've ended up well not really so like i've ended up in a different house than where you started drinking at yeah but then most of the time is i i go there sober and then stay there and i wake up there okay but like in rare instances i do wake up in a gutter or like it's completely like the beach i've woken up in the beach on the beach oh like i had no idea i was like on the sand i was like okay how did i get here and i just walked home i was like whoa Whoa. yeah oh my gosh that sounds terrible yeah and you you have no idea what happened to you or or what you did i've done some stupid shit i've done really stupid shit and could have got me in deep trouble if uh, like things went the wrong way but luckily i've never really gotten in trouble for uh, alcohol but um actually i do have a story where <laughs> this is actually kind of funny story but in my rehab i we robbed a liquor store <laughs> and we ran out of the store with i ran out of the store with two jack daniels in my hands running as fast as i can and then i just chugged one of them and my other buddy chugged the other one completely i chugged half i couldn't chug the whole thing and then my other buddy chugged the whole thing and then we were gone i was blacked he was blacked and we were at the rehab and did they wonder or they knew you? no 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 we ran out with like we we they knew we okay. were gone and then the police came everything kind of happened but then my friend's brother paid off the clerk so we didn't get charged yeah he didn't get charged yeah super lucky oh there's so many instances where i could have got charged for something but god or the eternal spirit saved my ass like like i'm so glad i'm not in jail right now yeah Yeah, you could have been i there were times uh, when it was really bad i was like somebody please put him in jail would somebody please pick him up somebody report him because i thought it, at least i know where way. you were and then the only way to like i think another thing in my mind i was like come on cops just get me because like i was essentially this is a kind of thing for my trauma i wanted to be noticed i wanted to be like seen essentially mm-hmm. and then i wanted to do something create chaos mm-hmm. to get the attention yeah and um i think it never happened because I was just so sneaky. You were sneaky. I, and then, but another instance is that I think it would have just given me reality, a reality check of like, this is what would happen mm-hmm. if you kept going. But mm-hmm. I never got that. Mm-hmm. So I'm lucky and unlucky yeah. at the same time, I guess. Do you think a stint in jail would have um, turned you around? Yes. I, 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 I think... But I don't know. I never know. I would never know because I've I, never been. I know. I'm I'm grateful that you've never been because I know there's really bad stuff that happens in jail. Yeah, no, no. I, I've heard stories that I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I don't yeah, want to go to jail. Try to stay away from there. And uh, you'd also probably learn a whole bunch of new tricks. Exactly. Like and you did in other rehab stuff. Yeah. But like, I, I don't want to say I'm comparing this to jail, but it just felt like what jail would be like is when I went to... Um, in what is what is it called in Nevada that I went to? Oh, just we'll just say the place in Nevada. No, I know I know what it's called, but Maybe like the lockdown. Well, it's a lockdown facility. Yeah. So yeah, it it felt like jail where I couldn't go anywhere. I was uh-huh. locked in somewhere, and then I was fed shit food, mm-hmm. and with a paper spoon. With the with a paper spoon, that's even worse than jail. <laughs> jail, they actually give you spoons. <laughs> we can't even use spoons. What was the reason for that? Self harm. Oh, self harm. Because you can break a plastic spoon and cut uh, yourself with it, you know. Why didn't they give you metal spoons? That's even worse. Really? You can 
uh, file it down or something? Yeah, you can file it down. It's metal. You oh, can okay. like, stab yourself, something like that. But um, yeah, we had paper spoons. Now I totally forgot about that, actually. Yeah, that was depressing when I went to visit you. I don't know. It was actually the lowest point for me. Yeah. That, that place. Yeah. That place was really low. Well, um, at your other rehab, I remember uh, y'all convincing the rehab people to make some sort of recipe. Oh, no, 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 no. They, they had no idea what we were doing. It was just me and my friend that um, made pruno. What's pruno? Like gel alcohol. Oh, you're like trying to ferment something. Well, it was, I don't, well, I will just, I'm going to explain how we did it, but don't, don't fucking do this. <laughs> this is, you can actually die totally from doing this because you could go like, the way it's made, if you don't ferment it right, you could get like bacteria that can kill you in it. Yeah. So that's the forewarning. But what we did was we got pure apple juice or pure cranberry juice that we, it was, has to be a hundred percent like juice mm-hmm. and you get yeast like that baking yeast. Just put it in there, shake it up and then wait for it to ferment. Uh. And then that turns it into alcohol. For, yeah. And I don't know how that kid knew that, but it worked. And so you were able to make it. You yeah, did we make made it. it. We made it and did it worked. Did you drink it? He drank it. I was like, nah, I'm not going to drink it. It smells like butt. I'm not going to drink <laughs> that. And then he got buzzed off of it and um, we got caught because it smelled horrible. Oh, yeah, I bet. It smelled literally like alcohol, like like straight like alcohol. Oh. It, it smelled up our whole like house. Where did you get the yeast? <laughs> I, I told my dad, oh, we're baking. Well, this, oh, I remember the whole story. We told the, we convinced, this is what I, what I think you got the story from, is we convinced the um, text that we wanted to make pizza, homemade pizza. And how do you do that? You have to have yeast. So we got yeast. Okay. And then we were like, we always got juice. So we always asked, can we get 100% fruit juice? Making sure you're nutritious and everything. Yeah, nutrition, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, we just want to be healthy, right? Yeah. So that's how we got all the ingredients and then... Sneaky. Oh, I always thought if you could just use that innovation and ingenuity for something good, you would be unstoppable. I know. I, I used... At that time, I was just using it for bad. And now that I'm coming out of this haze of whatever that was, that old paradigm that I was in, it, I'm using my smarts for good. I everything's kind of going up mm-hmm. right now getting into college um mm-hmm. playing baseball um making music is it, it, going well mm-hmm. it's going well at this point in my life yeah we've had some really good couple of weeks oh with, yeah um, joey decided one day okay i'm ready to go to college so we hurried up and it started like in three days yeah it, it was insane it was like okay i want to go to college you start three days from now ah. oh okay <laughs> so we had to hustle up, but we're in yeah hey, joey's doing in. the thing i made it in so yeah amazing a couple yeah. of months ago we would never have guessed that you'd be here so oh, no. thank god oh no but yeah going back to the alcohol story it was like how did i use that that innovation to like sneak to make it in rehab yeah in rehab <laughs> that's the thing that is like in rehab where no one would think you could get all that stuff but yeah. it's easy essentially it's mm. easy and not easy mm. it, it's it, it's do, they, do the kids outsmart the people at rehab or are oh, they yeah, just no, no, no. not very supervising, not supervising you very well? No, we outsmart. We we think deep, like, because we're fiending so hard. Yeah, yeah. They don't think, oh, like, they try and tell us, like, oh, you'll, you'll get over it. Just let time go by. But when when it's like you're feeding us and you're giving us stuff, we figure out how to do stuff through you guys. We yeah. use you. We manipulate the hell out yeah. of you. It, it's sad now that I think of it. I feel really bad for all those texts. I've ran away so many times from rehab that I've stressed the hell out of those guys. I'm sorry to whoever may have been my tech. I'm sorry for stressing you out. I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Yeah, I got a few... Uh you know, phone calls in the middle of the night that uh, I'm sure they didn't feel like making. Oh, no. And then there's one where, like, uh, I, I don't want to talk about that one. But, like, I got hospitalized. But then 
the um, manager of it was actually really, really nice and stayed with me mm. and told me what to say not to get hospitalized. Mm. So I almost got hospitalized, essentially. Mm-hmm. So he saved me. Mm. He told me, don't say these things mm-hmm. if you're not really feeling that. Mm-hmm. And that really saved me because I could have got kicked out that that day yeah. for saying some stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. But yeah, that, that, that's how alcohol affects people's lives. It makes chaos. It, that's a, that's the main thing it does, right? It just, and everyone reacts to alcohol slightly differently, but um, it just it pretty much messes stuff up, it seems like. Yeah, it, it just turns reality upside down. It, it just, not really your reality, but it just, it, it just makes things different. It just, it's not who you truly are. It re, that's, everyone can say that. It's, you're not the same, you're not your true, well, some may, people say you're the, your true self when you're under the influence mm-hmm. of alcohol. I don't feel like that's it's your subconscious talking mm-hmm. your deeper self probably talking mm. but it, it's not your sober you right. who's talking your who what your true intentions and, and good co- choices and cognition and yes everything. well that's what happens when you're uh, under the influence of alcohol your um cognition is completely hindered your motor skills hindered a lot of things hindered yeah you're sense of like like feeling like physical like touch gets numbed out oh. so that's why like when i get drunk i i usually fight oh. so you make like uh, I, I don't feel things so you're aiming you're wanting to feel something so you get into a fight or you i just don't really know but kind of angry when you angry drink. I, I i get angry when i drink and then also i probably want to feel something because i'm like oh look i I can't feel this hit me in the face and then like they do it and then i get angry and it's like oh okay (laughs) i can just imagine how those kind of things go down with a bunch of drunk teenagers yeah that's how parties are it's like the start of a party it's like all fun and then Uh once everyone's kind of drunk it's like oh no like if you're the sober person there you're like, oh God. Why would you be there sober? That sounds like miserable. Well, there's a there's my friends. Some of my friends um go to parties sober. And they just they just deal with it. Well, they play beer pong. Oh, okay. I mean it's fun. Yeah. If you're playing beer pong. So he does the fun, they do the fun part. Yeah. And watch their friends get smashed and Yep. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's fun for them, but there's this one time where I actually left a party. It was actually starting to be where i was getting more like in my consciousness and realizing that i need help and stuff mm-hmm. i went to a party with one of my friends who was sober and i, I got a little anxious but I-, I i was smoking still and stuff but i, I actually left the party without them i was like i can't do this this is too anxiety provoking for me so i left oh anxious about just people what, what too- could happen and it was too-, too chaotic too chaotic for me i, oh. I never usually got that way but it, that something clicked in that party it was like i can't do parties anymore yeah i don't like parties anymore mm-hmm. i really don't because it what i saw there was all these people that are numbing out and not feeling their emotions and they're in a place where you need to feel your emotions when you're communicating with people and it just hit me that parties with alcohol and drugs is just a, a house or whatever venue filled with mindless people essentially mm-hmm. they have no intentions they, they just want to get fucked up essentially mm-hmm. and then bad things can happen when you're under the influence like sexual assault and uh, like assault other things like that you, you never know and then you can't like it hurts when you're sober and you see someone get assaulted or something. Mm-hmm. So, and plus drunk driving and drunk driving. Oh my God. I, that's another thing. I've been in cars, um, not completely blacked out, but almost to the point of blackout where my friend was completely blacked out driving <gasps> on PCH, like a hundred miles an hour. I was like, I'm going to die. But if I die, I'm just going to blackout. And I, and I oh don't care God. at this point, but so, so for some reason i'm here that's terrible yeah that, no, no no i mean it's wonderful that you're here no, i was no, reflecting I, on this story no no i totally understand <laughs> that yeah no but like yeah no alcohol can bring people to really dangerous points in life um 
especially with driving because mm-hmm. you if you've seen people drunk on the road they're swerving right then mm-hmm. that's just buzzed mm-hmm. usually imagine someone who has no realization of what's happening yeah driving they're gonna be not just swerving they're gonna be like completely smashing into things that's how people die yeah and the innocent people that have nothing to do with exactly like it puts not just yourself at risk but others Mm -hmm. who are not even intending to be in that situation Mm -hmm. and you can lose a life Mm -hmm. easily through alcohol yeah really you can also overdose on it yes oh you could get alcohol poisoning Mm -hmm. yeah if you drink a lot but well I, I've gotten alcohol poisoning before by drinking a whole fifth. A fifth is like a giant bottle? No, a fifth is just like a handle. It's like the uh, 750 milliliters. Okay, the bottle with the handle at the like you get at the grocery store? No, it's just the average size, like a wine bottle. That's a fifth. Oh, okay. That's a fifth. Okay. That's a, imagine that filled with vodka. Oh, my God. And drinking the whole thing. Yeah. That's, that's insane. I've seen people drink like five what well some of them are huge people like not just still but that's a lot oh my god like that's a lot of alcohol you're putting but their tolerances are so high and that's the thing with alcohol your tolerance builds up Mm. and i think you've you know about that is that tolerance is when you get used your body gets used to something and it doesn't affect you as the same as the first time Mm -hmm. so you see these guys pounding like handles Mm. and like now it on like social media i see this new invention that enables you to shotgun anything and shotgunning is like pounding a like this is the easiest way is like a beer you crack open like a little hole in the beer and then you snap the top and then chug it okay as fast as you can shotgun is like chugging yeah but like there's a certain way to shotgun but um they're, they're enabling you to shotgun hard alcohol Oh, it's a new tool or something. Yeah, it's like it's an invention to like enable you to shotgun out of um, um, like glass bottles. Oh, that's terrible. So there's no good reason anyone would want to do that. Oh, no, no. Just get get hammered. Totally gone. Yeah. Wow. Why are kids wanting to get completely numbed out and gone and blacked out? What is that? I know for you, you've talked about your trauma, but is that the case for all of these kids? No. Well, some of these kids just see their pants drink and then they're like, oh, it's okay. I'm just going to drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to maybe take it a little further because mm-hmm. I'm young. Mm-hmm. I can do that. Yeah, risk taking. Yeah, but underlying, I think there's, after a while, there's something they want to numb out mm-hmm. because they realize, oh, wow, this makes me feel different. Mm-hmm. And then that's where it gets to a point of alcoholism mm-hmm. is when you're using it to take away something. Mm-hmm. And if you're using it to a certain extent, yes, that's alcoholism, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I personally use alcohol to numb because it literally numbs you out the best. Yeah, It's the best way to numb out. I, I shouldn't say the best way. It's the easiest way to numb out. Yeah. The most successful way to numb out if that's your goal. Yes. And a person with depression, numbing out seems really desirable yes but it's like the worst thing you should do oh when no you're yeah depressed. when you're depressed you want to feel your emotions let them come experience them through your emotional body and let them go mm-hmm. that's how you really get rid of it not by numbing it out and getting rid of it yeah. because it always comes back and it comes back even worse mm-hmm. so you want the best way to get through something is living through it so sober and experiencing it to the fullest like uh talking through it with someone or talking through it um and then closing your eyes and feeling it like if like i i've uh, explained like with um a certain person in my life i i get this sharp pain in my gut Mm -hmm. when i think about them Mm -hmm. and that's a feeling Mm -hmm. that's a true feeling of like that emotion and you have to feel it to uh, let it go. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't feel it at first, you, you, how do you let it go? Mm-hmm. So that's what I think the numbing out it, from the alcohol, it will numb it, but then it, it, it still is there. Mm-hmm. It's not going to disappear. 
as, right. like compared to if you really work on it and let it go with a sober mindset and a like intention. Yeah. Probably a therapist. Um, therapist will help. Some sort of yeah. would help you work guide. through that. Some sort of guide. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's much harder than just slamming down some alcohol. So. Exactly. That's the thing. It's easy. It's easy. To it's do. easy to numb out. It's common. It's available. Where Where did you get it? Where did you get your alcohol? Stole it all the time. Oh. Yeah, you just go into like whatever convenience store or liquor store and just put in your jacket, walk out. Wow. You did, and well, you did get caught a couple times, right? Once, and that was at rehab. At the rehab that you told. I've us about. never got caught. Ever. Really? Never. Are they not paying attention? Oh or no, no, are no you they just know really me. Good? They know me. They know me. They just don't care. They don't care. Yeah. Hmm. They, they literally see me and I'm like, uh, and I run out. And I, I, I like, there's one time I, I had to stuff. Okay. Let imagine three of those wine bottles uh-huh. in one bottle. Oh gosh. It was like this big. Okay. Really fat. Really fat and like chubby. Okay. And I had to stuff that in my pants and it looked like I was waddling out and they just all looked at me and I was like, Okay, bye. And I started running on my, or like riding on my bike home. So, and part of you was like, "Can somebody please catch me?" And oh yeah, no, no, that no, that's really what it was. It was like I needed help, mm-hmm. and no one seemed to care. Hmm. It's like, oh, this kid's just stealing alcohol. He's probably gonna have a fun time. You know, that's probably yeah. what their head is like. But then, it's like that didn't help me. It really just this society is so used to alcohol that they think it's okay. And when someone like me, a teenager, they're like, Oh, just let them have fun. Kind of like a rite of passage. Yeah. Or like, a, you know, this is what kids do. Yeah. But it's not what kids should be doing. No, at all. Not at all. Because it, it really destroys them in, in the long run. Yeah. Uh, unless they have the gene where they can control it there's very few people i know that can do that but there are people that can do that is drink responsibly yeah maybe if they had good modeling or there's a gene uh that would make you more susceptible to become addicted yeah i don't know if there's a gene for the opposite not sure i don't know but But there's certain people that are more susceptible i would say you are definitely oh yeah yes um and probably it's in your genes we'll never know probably but um because of your adoption status but uh but yeah, some people, just like anything, there's a wide variety of different people. Some people could probably just drink a beer or two and be yeah, fine. Yeah. Just a little loose and enjoy their evening and then they're good. Yeah. But for me personally, I, I have to get at least drunk. Mm-hmm. And there's there's difference between buzz and drunk. Mm-hmm. Buzz is like you get that feeling like you're kind of looser. Mm-hmm. Drunk is when you can't walk. Mm-hmm. And then blacked is like you're incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Like you're not there. Like. <laughs> When you were really uh, in periods where you were really using substances a lot, how often would you drink? I would try to drink every day. Oh, really? I would steal as the biggest jug so I don't have to keep stealing. <laughs> so I would try and steal the biggest jugs of alcohol. So, yeah, I would have that big that big jug for about like four days. Oh. And then um, go back, steal. Now, I thought you hated alcohol. I do. Okay. I hate alcohol. It's yeah. just the easiest thing to numb you out. Oh, it's just the easiest. Is it the easiest thing to get? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the easiest because it's everywhere. It's just on the shelf. Yeah. See, if you're, it's way easier than weed because weed, like, you have to, like, show a card. Well, I mean, with you, alcohol, you should show a card. But, yeah. like, it's not on the shelf. Yeah. They like, don't where have you can, weed right there on the no, shelf. No, they don't. Just grab it. Yeah. So it's just on the shelf. No tags, no, like no alarm tags on them. Mm-hmm. You could just walk out with them. No alarms go off. So it's literally the easiest thing to get yeah. to numb out. It's a, the easiest drug, as I should say, no, to get. It is a drug, isn't it? Yes. Do do a lot of your friends have parents that just stock enough alcohol that their parents don't even realize? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So they just drink their parents' alcohol. Yeah. And they might, their parents probably are drinking so much they don't even notice. Exactly. How far it's going. Yeah. How uh, fast it's going. But I know some parents that do always mark it and then they get in trouble if they see it. But that's just one or two kids that I know. So 
Do you recommend parents do that? Oh, I would. If you are a drinker and you're an adult and you have kids, definitely either lock it up completely and keep that key with you. Never put it somewhere. Keep that key with you. Because the kids know where the key is. Yeah, no, we know where that is. And then like, definitely have a mark on where the level is of the alcohol because then if it's... And with vodka, it's hard because you could just fill it back up with water. But then you would know if you go to pour it and then drink it. Yeah. Okay. But just always mark your alcohol and I the best way to prevent that is actually just nurture your kids and tell them the risk mm-hmm. of alcohol. Mm-hmm. They 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 should know that it's a dangerous substance. Mm-hmm. It's not just alcohol that mm-hmm. everyone thinks is okay. Mm-hmm. It's a substance. Did you besides like the the acute issues of blacking out and all that in general did it destroy your school work that kind of thing did it affect oh. your performance in baseball well i i wasn't drinking as much in uh baseball but you remember when i went to fountain valley yeah every day i was drunk really you remember that one day i was like throwing up oh yeah yeah that, that was because i was drunk yeah so yeah it definitely affected my and that's why i got kicked out oh, not kicked out but like I left yeah, school, yeah. Yeah. Th- that school. So yeah, because it had gotten bad. It got way really bad. bad. I couldn't like that one. That's why I ran away that one day. Yeah, it's because I was like, "Fuck, I can't do it." <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, you ran away from school once. That was really terrifying. Yeah, and it was so easy to. It was. I just walked out. Yeah, you just walked out. It's almost as if you keep walking out, wishing somebody would chase after you. Yeah, and. I don't, that dream or that, that thing that you experienced was like, I don't want someone to chase me. I want them to just like understand what I'm going through. Uh-huh. And maybe help you. Help me. Yeah. Just, I was reaching out for help subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. Subconsciously. I was, I was like really, I, my subconscious knew I was like falling deeper and deeper into like mm-hmm. close to death. Mm-hmm. So it, my subconscious was trying to save me doing things to get attention Mm-hmm. And try and get that attention, mm-hmm. essentially, for someone to say, hey, do you need help? Mm-hmm. And that's what happened when I went to the hospital is that finally I got the attention that I needed. And attention as in, like, I got attended to. Yeah. So that helped. The The times in the hospitals helped? Yeah, it, it kept me safe. Yeah. It really did keep me safe. Kind of reset you. Yeah, but then... I always went back. Right, because the core parent. issues hadn't gotten fixed, but yeah. the, at least the hospitalizations kind of re- got a reset. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Now, what um, I've heard of kids drinking stuff like hand sanitizer. Yeah. Well, I, I did that. I did that before. And, well, you got to be careful with that, but it is um, a thing people do because ethanol alcohol is what is drinking alcohol, and there's methanol alcohol. You can drink, can cannot drink. Okay. So ethanol is in hand sanitizer, but oh, people who say you can't get drunk off rubbing alcohol, yes, you can, mm. but it's very dangerous yeah. compared to drinking ethanol alcohol, just straight alcohol, like drinking alcohol. So someone, it seems like somebody would have to be desperate to get uh, drunk to drink a bottle of hand sanitizer. Oh no 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 yeah miserable. yeah it, I that's was a low point in my life where I did that. I was like, oh, I was in rehab when I did that. In rehab? Oh, because they had hand sanitizer yeah, everywhere. COVID. Yeah, COVID. No, it was actually way before COVID. It was in the other one. Oh, really? Yeah. Just hand sanitizer for nurses or whatever. Yeah, or just to keep clean, you know? Yeah. And then we're like, doesn't that have alcohol in it? Oh, my, oh God. my God. Yeah, and then the, the idea sparked. And we were like, can we, like, and <laughs> I think we were like acting like we were like sick. Uh-huh. So then we got more hand sanitizer. So. Oh, sneaky stinkers. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Is there anything else that has alcohol that kids would get into? Um, Vanilla? Vanilla? Yes, vanilla has... I'm not sure if that's ethanol. I'm, I'm mm. pretty sure it is. Mm. Because I've heard people that like drink like bottles of vanilla and they get kind of buzzed. Yeah. But um, n- like... Uh, mouthwash. 
Oh, yeah. There's some mouthwash with alcohol. Yeah, but I'm not sure if it's ethanol or methanol. You got to check. If you're going to like, this is the harm reduction part right here. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do something stupid, do it less stupid. Mm -hmm. Check if it's ethanol rather than methanol because you can die if you drink methanol. And if you want to drink and get alcohol, like if you want to get drunk, I'd rather you just ask a buddy to get you like vodka than drink straight hand sanitizer because that that's stupid. Yeah, it's not made to. It has chemicals in it. Yeah, it's not made to drink. Yeah, like so the harm reduction side is drink actual drinking alcohol rather than trying to get drunk through non beverage kind of thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh goodness. I remember, I feel so stupid about this, but I'm going to tell everybody because maybe there's another parent out there that will be helped. Oh, yeah. No, no. Those stories help. Yeah. Uh, you were uh, you were having a kind of a rough time, but I didn't know you were uh, using substances yet. I didn't realize it yet. But there was one time you were in, you asked for some rubbing alcohol for a science project. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mom, we're doing something about density of materials. And, and my, my teacher asked me to bring the bottle of, of rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Like, all right, why not? <laughs> okay. I'm supporting school. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't realize what a sneaky person you were at the time. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, it would never dawn on me that kids would drink that stuff. That tastes terrible. No, it, it's it's like Ugh. 98% alcohol. That's horrible. And it burns. It burns way more than like, like. I don't even, I've never actually had like absinthe before, oh. but that's like, like 99% Ugh. alcohol, but it burned, but it, it did give you that warm feeling and stuff. Yeah. So. so parents should be aware if their kid's asking for some weird thing that has alcohol in it. Yeah. Just be wary and like ask the teacher, say like, did you yeah. ask this? But it actually was for that. It really was? For yeah. That? No, I, I wasn't assigned alcohol for that. You were really? Yeah. But then you also drink. Yeah, I also drink. So. Oh my gosh! So a teacher is asking kids to buy rubbing alcohol. Yeah, they don't expect you to drink that. No. no. Well, who would expect anyone to drink that? I don't that? know. But no, you got it. Now you know, audience, that the people drink rubbing alcohol and hand sanitizer. So just be wary of if your kids are asking for that at, in more frequently. You know. It's not because they're wanting their hands to be super clean. No, they Usually. most likely they would want to get like buzzed off of it or something wow so yeah just be careful but this is another thing that parents should know is don't berate your child and try and change them of course you want to make sure they're safe but don't shame them don't tell them that you're a horrible person for doing this say give them a lesson and teach them with like a good intention that they, you want them to be safe and don't tell them that you're a bad person for doing something. Tell them you're, you're who you are, but you just need to be safe. Mm-hmm. And that's all I care about is that your safety. I don't care what I learned now is that I, I, I don't want to be told that I'm a bad person. I just want to, I want to be, that makes it worse. Yeah, if you're yeah. Being if you told- had shame and guilt on top of it, it exactly. makes everything worse. It makes so much things worse. It makes it everything worse, really. So a parent should definitely do the opposite of that. Be nurturing, but also tell the child or whoever is trying to do something dangerous that there's risk and I don't want you to die mm-hmm. because we love you. Mm-hmm. You. That's how I would like to have been talked to mm-hmm. if we could go back. Would it work if parents grounded you? No. Because you sneak out, right? Or sneak it in? or The more you put boundaries around a kid, the more sneakily they can figure things out yeah. and get around that. So you want to be open and honest with your child and make it an easy communic- make it easy for them to communicate with you. Mm-hmm. You don't want to antagonize your kid over, over something like this. The whole, what the kid is is seeking is help and and help figuring out this crazy world that we live in good god this is really really intense especially the last couple of years yeah. um and these kids are growing up in this world where god knows that the whole earth is kind of dying and 
race relations are horrible and you know wars and yeah it's so much it's and stress and kids are stressed with school and and um expected to be perfect in school and honors classes and ap and blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. and that's not what we need that's more stress if we are being antagonized yeah so if we do something that you think is wrong it, it could be wrong to your morals but it's just an experience that we're having that we can learn from not to be shamed for is something to learn from it's you sh you probably shouldn't do it again if it's harmful that's what you should be told mm -hmm. is that it can harm you yeah just be careful yeah and maybe parents could say uh it seems like you're trying to numb yourself out is there something i can do underneath is there that you need help with yeah that's or exactly how a parent should approach that mm -hmm. because there's d when someone uses a substance it's not to it's not to make you mad it, it's not oh i want to do this so i can piss off my parents maybe someone's mm -hmm. out there maybe sometimes sometimes but like there's truly a deeper wounding mm -hmm. that uh, that person has mm -hmm. And you need to have that knowledge that there might be something going on deeper than just trying to piss you off. Mm -hmm. So parents, please know that and take that into consideration. Yeah, they're not trying to be disrespectful or disobedient, especially at the level Joey was using yeah. uh, substances. It was not about, you know, not following rules. It was about he's trying to obliterate himself. Yeah, it was literally trying... To just end my existence or n what I believed was if I died, I wouldn't have to go through all this pain. Mm -hmm. But I'm starting to realize that that, that wouldn't really help mm -hmm. because in my in my beliefs that uh, you would just relive it. Uh, right. Yeah. I, that's how I come believe. back around again, come back around again. And then boop, you're just yeah, like in the same thing. So that that helped me uh -huh. realize that I, I don't want to die. Uh -huh. But um. Besides that, it's it really is just to numb something out mm -hmm. and to truly just find peace within yourself. Right. So parents could figure out how to get their kids the help they need to not want to numb themselves out. Yeah. All the time. There is a healthy amount of numbing out, obviously. Like I you can like stress and stuff. Come on, you don't want to live life completely full of stuff like i understand why people drink mm -hmm. is because like let's say you have a nine to five job mm -hmm. seven days a week you're or whatever hours i don't know hours but you're gonna be stressed out yeah and then legally at 21 you should be able to numb because have a glass of wine, have a glass of wine and relax. relax That that's the ideal way of using that mm -hmm. but well, but when kids or adults, for that matter, start using it more than just a glass of oh, wine yeah. at night. That's when you realize that it's to numb something out. Yeah. So that's the core issue is what are you trying to avoid yeah. dealing with? What pain are you trying to suppress? Mm -hmm. What What is under there? Because until you figure that out, you know, no amount of cognitive behavioral therapy is going to help you. Yeah, no. Uh, you know, you know what is the right thing to do exactly it's just that there's trauma or there's something deeper mm -hmm. that is making you want to do those actions mm -hmm. rather than knowing your actions mm -hmm. and trying to change them it's the inner child or inner being that's trying to say something yeah and it might be a voice that's been stuffed down for one reason or another. Yes. Um, so encouraging more open communication between parents and kids. That's hard. And really I, hard. It, it, just as a teen, it's so hard. Like I try and be, I'm way more honest and way more open with you and Jan and my dad than I've ever been. Yeah, now that you're sober, you mean? Yeah, now that I'm well, oh. not, now that I'm sober, and now that I'm realizing stuff, and I'm getting older, obviously. Yeah. But when you're, you're 14, 15, you'd want you, there is this rebellious sure point, and that's natural. That's oh, that is natural. But part you, of adolescence. But as an adult, 
and not me, but as an adult looking at a child, I would say, be cautious. Yeah. Because you don't know. Kids these days are smart. Mm-hmm. Because they have these things right here they called phones. They have a phones. phone that you can look anything up and somebody will tell you how to do something. Yes. So this generation is going to be, uh, like not to diss any other generations, but this generation is going to be a little more advanced, mm-hmm. I think, with the thinking processes and mm-hmm. stuff. And it shows on the good side and the bad side. Mm-hmm. They're, they're getting smarter technologically, and then they're also getting smarter to get fucked up. Yeah, yeah, both ways. Yeah. Now, if someone wanted to quit drinking, they... They shouldn't just quit cold turkey, right? No, that's dangerous. That's really dangerous. Yes. You need to go to detox, right? Yes. You, well, it's, it is detox, but like you lean off of it. You don't quit cold turkey, which is stop right away. And then like one day you're drinking and then the next day you're not. That's very dangerous. You could have seizures. You could go through crazy withdrawals because it, it, it's actually worse than like cannabis mm-hmm. when it comes to withdrawals mm-hmm. because it, I don't know how it affects your body scientifically, but it's way more, um, it affects it more uh, severely mm-hmm. when you're getting off of it rather than cannabis. Yeah. So somebody should really get support if they're finding themselves drinking more than they need to be. Yes. And uh, they should get uh, m- medical support. Yes. And there's no shame because mm-hmm. the medical professionals should not call the cops. And that's what, I had a fear mm. before. I didn't know this, but now I do. Is that if you go to the hospital asking for help for substance abuse, they shouldn't call the cops on you because that's um, unless like certain situations, like when you're like harming others or something yeah, like if you're that, assaulting somebody in the in the waiting room. Yes. Well, then okay. Yeah, but if you just come in and then you're under the influence. They should just help you. They're, they're not there to get you in trouble. They're there to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. And w- not with alcohol, but with other substances. I've been in the hospital in fear that I'm going to be sent to jail. Mm-hmm. But then when I came out of it, this is when I learned that they're just there to help yeah. and to keep you alive. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, I think you should talk about um, not mixing. Yes. Don't mix any drugs anything even cannabis with alcohol because alcohol is gonna um affect your cognitive decisions and not just that chemically combining other things can because alcohol is a it's a downer and a stimulant essentially and if you put another downer like benzodiazepines which is like xanax you're going to down double it. You're going to double down and you can affect your nervous system to a point and your muscles to relax so much that you just stop breathing. Yeah. You could totally die. And it also, the alcohol, it removes your inhibitions and you're, you're, you're not thinking clearly. So you might make really poor choices as far as dosage or yes. things like that with, if you're trying to mix things. Because alcohol is, the worst thing to, you can combine with anything is I, I, I don't know if it's like the mo- deadliest, but benzos and alcohol is like asking for death. Mm. It's really, really dangerous. And I don't think enough people are talking about that. I feel like, well, actually uh, the circle of like drinking and like parties and stuff is never to n- take a Xanax and drink. Oh, okay. The kids know that the kids know that. Oh, that's good. So, that's good, but parents, don't keep your alcohol out and your Xanax out. <laughs> just, just keep those locked up. You yeah. don't want any of those out, essentially. But just be careful. Yeah. And if they do, this is actually a thing that I've learned. If you see your loved one overdosing on alcohol, throwing up, lay them on their side mm-hmm. so they don't choke on their vomit. That's how... Tyler Skaggs died mm-hmm. of the, um, the angels, angels player. Angels player. He, that's hard when you're alone. Yeah. Because you can't control Really that. dangerous to drink alone. Oh, yeah. Or use any substance alone. Use any substance alone is a dangerous, dangerous thing. Because if you overdose, you have no one there to either Narcan you, 
call the like the authorities yeah. or put you on your side at the least. Mm -hmm. There's no one there for that. Mm -hmm. So if you are going to do anything, always have someone there who's going to either be sober or less intoxicated than you <laughs> because then they can make the decision that you're dying yeah, and then and they call can 9 -1 -1. call 911. Yeah. Or roll you over. Yeah. Or roll you over. Oh, that's yeah. a horrible way to die. Well, you, it, it's probably, I don't even know. I wouldn't even say it was painless because you're choking. But if at that point, I think you're just completely unconscious. Mm. So you just die. Such but a tragedy. It is a tragic, tragic thing to think about. Mm -hmm. So, and also, um, I don't, I don't like to say this, but this really helps me in the um, thought of suicidal ideation and stuff. Essentially, the way I think suicide affects someone is just, it doesn't just affect you. It affects everyone around. Yeah. And that's how I came to the realization that if I kill myself, I'm going to affect my whole circle. Because now that I've experienced death with overdoses and stuff, it, that person who's struggling, yes, they, they're free, but now we have to suffer. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking of suicide and hopefully you, you get help for this, but just know that it's going to affect everyone around you. And that, that helped me get through it. If that helps you not think to kill yourself, I, I hope that helps. Mm -hmm. Just Because I've been at that low point of mm -hmm. wanting to just end myself and not care about the others in my life. But if you do have people in your life that care, just one person, not even a person, an animal, you can think about mm -hmm. or a spirit, a God. Mm -hmm. Hold on to that person mm -hmm. and say, this will affect them. Mm -hmm. And it's, if you won't do it for yourself, do it for somebody else. Yeah. Stay alive for, stay alive for someone else mm -hmm. because it will hurt. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and I, and I really can relate to that now with all the people mm -hmm. I've lost. So mm -hmm. have yeah. you, you've lost some friends Yeah. with overdoses. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, it hurts. And I, I just don't want anyone else to feel pain or go through a loss. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I know one time you drank that whole handle of vodka hoping you wouldn't wake up. Yeah. And if I didn't wake up, I know I, now knowing that I'm alive, I would have screwed the mental state of everyone in my family mm -hmm. and in my life who was close to me because then they would have lost someone mm -hmm. and it, it hurts. I it, it no doubt hurts, mm. but I, I'm so glad that I didn't. So I didn't have to put those people through pain. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, well, I'm super glad you haven't. And, uh, boy, I've lived that phone call a million times. And really? it, yeah, like you've like thought about it. Oh yeah. Oh, every Gee, day. Really? Yeah. Dang. I'm I still sorry. am scared. When I go, now Joy's living with um, Jan and me again. Uh, he moved a couple of weeks ago back in with us. And so now when I go see if you're awake in the morning, every single time I worry that you're not going to wake up. Really? It's just in the back of your head that like he, he just might not be with us anymore. Yeah. Every single time. If, really? If I, or every, if, if you're sleeping or if you're gone and, and then I... I have you come back. I'm just, I'm just like, there's a pit in my stomach saying, Oh God, what if he says, what if he doesn't come back? Yeah. No. And that, that's a valid thing because I put you through all this trauma essentially. Well, and you could have died a dozen times. Yeah. Or more. And, but my question is, what is that fear when I'm just sleeping? Like, like that I overdosed or I might just wake up not living. Uh, overdose or that you killed yourself. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah and, yeah, and that is a fear that I, I hope diminishes because yeah. I, I'm feeling a lot better, and I, I don't have any SI anymore, like SI suicidal su ideation. Su suicidal ideation, but um, I I don't feel that anymore because I'm occupying myself with other things that fill me up, 
and give yeah. me joy. So, but uh, I, I didn't know that you had that fear and I, I, I'm sorry. Oh, well, no, it's, uh, you don't have to apologize. It's, it's just my own thing to deal with now. I'm, uh, I'm actually going to get EMDR to help with that. Oh, okay, good. Um, EMDR. I'll tell everybody how that goes once I get it. Yeah, we should have a podcast on that. We will have a podcast on EMDR if you want to look it up. It's um, it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. It's supposed to help with trauma. Um, speaking of, okay, so you've been so happy now. You're doing baseball. Yeah. Your new college, uh, music again, and uh, would that help kids if they had things that they love to do? Uh, would that help kids stay clear of these substances? No. Um, it's gen- like in my experience, it's up to you. It's like each person has to just decide. It, if you're in the depths of your addiction, I understand. And, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. You're just, you in that point in your life that you just feel like you have to numb out and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, there will be a time I kn- and there's no doubt because it, I never thought it would happen for me that there's a time where it just clicks and then you you don't need it anymore. You you just want to live mm-hmm. a normal quote unquote life. Yeah. So just our our whole goal was to keep you alive until you could realize that. Yes, and that's what all parents should do if their child or loved one is suffering is. Make sure they're alive until they figure that out. Yeah. Because if they die, they can't figure that out. Right. Then it's too late. But so yes. just, just if you can just survive, like literally survive until you can wake up and, you know, decide to live. Yeah. Yeah. Decide to live. It, it, it takes time and it takes experiences and it takes hitting lows. Yes, it is hard for people that are going through it right now is hard at some point i hope for anyone there was a point in your life that it was okay and just try and tune into that point in your life and say i want to i want that back that's how i got through it at least Mm -hmm. is that i i found a point in my life in in the past where i was like happy Mm -hmm. but without substances and I just kept that. And I was like, okay, I, I want that back. Mm-hmm. My goal in life is to help at least one person in yeah. this world. Yeah, well, no, we'll be successful if we just help one person not have to be in so much pain. Yes, and that's the goal. Mm-hmm. It's just, if we can help the whole world out, that would be amazing. <laughs> but if I can help out, we can help out just one person that's suffering. We, we we did our job mm-hmm. so yeah well you're you're amazing joey and your transformation is is really stunning and beautiful to watch and Thank you. i'm so 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 grateful that you're on a, a better path now yeah. and um it just makes my heart so happy that your intention is to help others mm-hmm. it's not just like yay i feel good now i'm gonna go do my life it's already you're turning around and helping the next person. Up. Yeah, because I, I've been through that and I, I needed someone at that mm-hmm. point. So, yeah. It's, well, I'm it's, so proud of you. Yeah, it's you You return what you've... I don't know analogy. I'm going to think of an analogy, but it, you return what you've suffered from. So, But like reverse that. I don't know how to explain it. Let's see. It. You... Um, oh, yeah. Like you're just saying you go back and help somebody that suffered the same way you did? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I remember Jan and me and you did the Tough Mudder, which mm-hmm. is one of those mud runs, yeah. obstacle courses. And it was so, it was when, well, I think, Joy, you might have been using substances, but you were strong and you were yeah, you were buff. It. And um, he, he made it to the top of this really slippery wall, but he turned around with all the other strong guys. And, and uh, I think you even were held by your ankles. Yeah, I was held by my ankles, pulling other pulling people up. Pulling other people up and yeah. just shoving them up over the wall. Yeah. It was so beautiful to watch. And now that's what you're doing. And uh, emotionally. Emotionally to yeah. help other people. You're yeah. helping pull them up over the wall. Yeah. So, oh, thank you, Joey, for all that you're doing. No, thank you. And thank you for being there as support. And thank, I thank Jan for being there as support. Um, 
even my dad i think mm-hmm. just for think like knowing that i'm better mm-hmm. and it really helps having those people around yeah just the listening ear yeah. and that's what i'm willing to do is yeah. just be that listening ear if we're your only one uh get it get in touch with us we're we're happy to help yes and uh if you would like to help in other ways please share this episode or our podcast with any other families you know who might benefit and uh if you can rate or review us on apple Podcasts, that's very helpful and we also have a patreon account if you would like to support us financially so we can continue commercial free and um and uh pay for the things that the podcast needs uh that would really be appreciated patreon uh info is in the episode description as well yes and thank you all and oh and we also you can find us and like us on facebook instagram and twitter and tiktok even yes and uh just help us spread the word we really want to help as many people as possible yeah and thank you and remember to stay Stay safe. safe